Welcome to the Girl Scout Advantage podcast, a podcast where we educate, empower, and share the stories of the Girl Scout experience. Join us to rediscover the magic of leadership, teamwork, and personal discovery. The Girl Scout Advantage, a podcast where you will learn how the Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan creates successful girls for today who will become the leaders of our tomorrow. Hello and welcome to another Girl Scout Advantage podcast with the Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan. My name is Brenna Smith, Special Project Coordinator at Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan, and I am so excited today because I am talking with Samantha McKenzie, who is the President and CEO of Hidden Harvest Food Bank in Saginaw. She's also a Girl Scout alum and was involved in Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan back in the day. Is that correct, Samantha? That is correct. Thanks for having me on your show, Brenna. Thank you. I look forward to our conversation today. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about um, your role with Hidden Harvest and, you know, what you guys are trying to accomplish and what you specifically do for Hidden Harvest. Yes, so Hidden Harvest is a food rescue and hunger relief organization, and our mission is that we are striving to alleviate hunger and end food waste in the Great Lakes Bay region of Michigan by providing a safe and coordinated system of rescuing surplus food and redistributing it to feed people in need. So my role as president and CEO, a big part of what I do is grant writing, uh, overseeing the staff, um, being the face of hunger in the Great Lakes Bay region so that people, you know, recognize this issue and really advocating for the work that we do and that our partners are doing. So how many staff members do you have involved with Hidden Harvest? We have seven staff members and we have a board of directors that has about 14 members that are from each of the counties that we serve. And then we have other volunteers that come and help us out as well. So We've got quite a few people involved in the work that we do. And so it sounds like you all serve quite a few people in in that region, and it's a very far-reaching organization. So can you speak to me a little bit about, you know, just how many people do you serve? Yeah, so we actually work with about 300 food donors, so those are restaurants, bakeries, grocery stores, catering companies, people that have extra food, farmers is a big one for us. Mm. And then we work with about 175 different community feeding programs. So the nonprofits in the region that have soup kitchens, shelters, youth programs, uh, senior programs, and food pantries. So each of those partners are reaching so many more of the people in our community. And with the 2.5 million pounds of food that we rescued and distributed last year, we know that we saved those organizations money so that they can focus on their true missions, which it's an honor to be a part of all of those missions. Absolutely. And so how did you get involved with Hidden Harvest and get started with your current role? Yeah, so I actually have been at Hidden Harvest for about two and a half years now as their president and CEO. 
And before that, I was the executive director of one of the recipient agencies. Mm. So I know the impact that the food that we received had for the families that we were housing at the hospitality house. And it just made our houses so much more of a home for the families that were traveling due to medical reasons, uh, whether their patient was um, receiving an outpatient treatment that wasn't available in their own community, or if it was that their patient was their immediate family member and they left everything behind to take care of their patient, including not knowing how they were going to provide food for themselves. Mm. So to know that the food that we rescue from, you know, different restaurants turns into a soup and a crock pot there, it just, it's wonderful. It brings joy to my life that I can still benefit that mission, but I can help other agencies out as well. And so you said um, that you rescue f- food from restaurants. Can you tell me a little bit just how does that process work? Is it, you know, the food that they're not using to produce with, or what does that look like? Yeah, so our food donors, I mean, it's restaurants that you, you know, I'm sure you eat at every day, and ones that, you know, it would be wonderful if you ate there. Mm -hmm. Um, So our restaurants kind of span what types of food that they're serving, but you know, at the end of the day, the pot of soup that they made for their customers, they're not going to save it and reserve it the next day. But mm. soup tastes better the next day. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> that's a rule at home, right? It has longer time to, you know, meld all together, all the wonderful flavors. <laughs> and so we provide those restaurants with pans and lids, with um, food safety bags, with labels so that they can put on there exactly what the dish is, when it was frozen, and what to do with it. So that helps, you know, the agencies when they get this wonderful gift that we just transport, they know, you know, how best to prepare it. So we provide um, all the partners that we work with those safe food handling materials to make sure that it gets from the donor to the recipient safely and in the easiest possible way so that they're not spending money as a donor to keep that food Mm. and so that our agencies have a knowledge base of what to do with the food when they get it. Yeah. So it seems like you're kind of the, almost the middleman between the, the people who have food to spare and the people who really need to receive the food or the agencies who really need the food. Yes. And that helps all the agencies because they don't have to have their own refrigerated vehicle to safely transport the food. They don't have to send a staff member off-site. They don't have to use their gas. And we can do it in a very coordinated and efficient system because we know which agency has the number of people that matches the number of servings that we're, we're picking up from a bakery or from a corporate kitchen. So we can kind of figure out the best place to put that food to make that resource go that much further. Wow. It sounds like a very intentional and coordinated process. I mean, it sounds like a really great way to make sure that resources are not being wasted and that food is is going to, you know, to the best place where it will be 
utilized and consumed by people who really need it. Yes, so it really speaks well to that line in the Girl Scout law that says use resources wisely. Yeah. And the next one, that's make a world a better place because we just, we want to make sure that the people in our community have access to food. I mean, it's the most basic need. And so we, we in Harvest get to be a part of that. Yeah, and you get to live that part of the, the promise that you made every single day. But it sounds like you've been involved in, in one way or another in making sure that people have access to the food that they need, you know, for, for some time now. So where does that, that value and that passion for the cause, where does that come from? You know, making sure that people are well taken care of, those are values that my family definitely instilled in me when I was a child and my family's commitment to scouting. Mm. So, you know, to help people at all times, I mean, that was that's drilled home not just in scouts but also in church and around the family dinner table. So being able to do that is my my job, my work. I mean, that's so fulfilling. And, it, you know, it brings a lot of joy to my life. So mm. I would say, you know, I, I got that value early in life because my grandmother took me to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and sometimes other days of the week. <laughs> and my mom was my Girl Scout leader. And so I got those, you know, those same messages again and again. And I so appreciate those, you know, strong women in my life that provided that for me. When you think about your Girl Scout experience, um, you know, when did you when did you first get involved in Girl Scouts, and what did that look like for you? So, I was a Daisy Girl Scout, and then you know, all the way through up until I became a counselor in training and then a Girl Scout camp counselor and I actually worked at Camp Deer Trails and Camp Oak Hills um, for a number of years so um, I was you know a young Girl Scout as a daisy and then all the way up through you know being an adult and, and being involved in scouting. And you mentioned that your mom was your troop leader. Yes so my mom was my Girl Scout troop leader, which was so interesting because my mom said that I was really shy as a young child and that I must have gotten that all out when I was a kid because <laughs> there's nothing of it left anymore. <laughs> but I, I know I got that from her. My mom was an introvert. So then to see her be the leader of our troop and you know, have to talk in front of all the girls and take us to places that were busy and crowded and wonderful with, you know, Girl Scouts from different countries when we did the international crossing over to Canada and met with girl guides. And when we would go to camp and have troop camp and interact with other scout troops. So to see my mom kind of transition from, you know, the shy, quiet, to being a leader kind of instills that confidence in, you know, in my own life. Yeah, it sounds like your mom really underwent a transformation because of her, her being a Girl Scout leader. Yes, and my mom, 
her mother was also her Girl Scout leader. So oh, no way. I think, I think knowing that scouting was just so important in my family heritage and being a part of that all the way through, you know, multi-generations, it, it helps her, you know, step outside of her comfort zone and know that, you know, it's, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a wonderful experience if, uh, if you're a part of Scouts and if you take that step. It's interesting to me how these values tend to become, you know, the values that we talk about in Girl Scouting tend to become so intertwined with our family values. Definitely. And I know, oh, uh, yeah, there's ones that, like, I don't know if this is a Girl Scout principle or mm-hmm. just something my mom said all the time. And I'm like, oh, leave it better than you found it. All <laughs> right. I know that, you know, at camp it's like leave only footprints. Right. <laughs> there's... There's just so many different ways that I've heard that phrase, but Mm -hmm. I want to leave the world a better place. And so to, you know, to be a part of that, I mean, that's something I'm instilling in my children now. And it's amazing that people pick up on that. So um, I don't think I've, you know, told this story very often to anybody, but um, I was with my three young children. So I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a Mm two-year-old, and we were taking a walk around Ojibwe Island, which is a really wonderful park in Saginaw, and we had a garbage bag, and we were just picking up litter along the way, and it was a fun game for the kids. I mean, I was going, garbage alert, garbage alert, and the kids just (laughs) all run over, and they want to be the one to pick it up, and this was just a way to spend the day, and someone took a picture of us. And they shared it on a social media Saginaw watch page or something. Mm -hmm. And there were so many people that commented just wonderful things. And to see my family, you know, and the values that we hold, just, I mean, other people's opinions of that, I know that that comes from my Girl Scouting heritage because that's what you do at camp. I mean, that's what you do when you're with your troop. When you go to a park to hold your meeting, you try to leave it better than you found it and make the world a better place. What a, what a fun way to share those values with your children. Definitely is. And they, they just think it's a game right now, but right. they'll know later in life that that came from a value that I hold dear and that my mother holds dear and my grandmother holds dear. That's powerful, and that's that's special that it's something that has gone from one generation to the next. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like Girl Scouts being so integral to your to your family, excuse me, and your family's value system. Obviously, Girl Scouts has impacted your life in that way. But how would you say that Girl Scouting has? allowed you to get to where you are today as a president and CEO of a major food bank in Michigan? So this is, you know, this is my Girl Scout testimony right here. So when I was a junior Girl Scout, there was an opportunity through the Mitten Bay Girl Scout Council, which might age me a little bit, but that's (laughs) okay, for any of the girls to write a grant, basically. And it was, you know, write, 
write a story about how any woman, any, you know, any person is making a difference in their community and how they could use a small amount of funds from the council to enrich the lives of other girls. And so I was enrolled in a summer dance program and it was a free program that two seniors in high school put on in their own like house and backyard. Their parents must have been just very welcoming <laughs> to, to have all these kids running through their house. And uh, so I was going to the summer dance program and it was great. And there were so many other girls involved, but they didn't really have a stage to put on their, you know, recital on. And so I wrote this, I wrote this story and sent it into the Girl Scout Council. And I'm sure with the help of my mother. <laughs> and uh, it, it happened. So they provided a little bit of money and they actually put like a porch on the back of their house, which was cool because, you know, we could come out of the house and put on our tap recital or, you know, I know we danced with like the ribbon streamers and that. And I, it was just a really wonderful program. And I learned the power of the pen and that if you tell a really good story and you do it with the best intentions, you know, in mind, then good things will happen. And so Girl Scouts made that possible for that summer dance program that many years ago. Mm -hmm. And now I write grants is a big part of my position at Hidden Harvest. And our grant budget is, you know, 45,000 a year, but then we are also asking for support from United Way, which they are wonderful in that they support both Hidden Harvest and Girl Scouts. Mm -hmm. And so, all those, you know, pockets of money and just our general request to the public, I mean, we have to come up with over $500,000 every year to run our program. Wow. So to know that that really simple request that was probably less than $1,000 when I was a junior Girl Scout taught me that, you know, that skill set, that beginning little spark that has fueled this organization now it's it's incredible and how did it feel as you know as a junior girl scout you were probably 10 11 12 years old at the time how did that feel to go through that grant writing process and ultimately receive the grant oh my goodness i mean the confidence of wow i made this happen and then, you know, to be able to dance on that stage and, you know, it just, it was so exciting. And you just, you never really knew what, what you could accomplish. And then it instilled that in you that I, I'm a Girl Scout. I can, I can make things happen. You could change the world in your corner of the world, even if it meant providing a stage for a, for a dance class. And I really needed the dance class because years later, my mom tells me, you know, the only reason you were in dance class is because you were so clumsy. We thought you might hurt yourself. (laughs) (laughs) 
and then to have that provided free to the community. I mean, it was just a really wonderful thing that those girls who had had paid dance lessons, they were able to give back. And so you see someone giving back, and that leads to another act of kindness and another another good turn, and it just it does make the world a better place. Why do you think that as the world continues to change, why is Girl Scouts still so important? Oh, my goodness. To provide a place for girls to have those opportunities with one another, to go on adventures, oh, to go to camp. I love camp. Mm-hmm. I think I was involved in Girl Scout camp for about five years, and... Mm-hmm. I think one of the, you know, one of the awards I hold most dear is like awesome song leader. (laughs) (laughs) To know that, you know, that helps me every day in my public speaking that I have to do and to tell my mission, well, I've made a fool of myself in front of countless girls at camp by singing A Great Big Moose or Thunder, (laughs) Thunder, Thunderation or... Who knows what other songs? Pink Pajamas, probably ones that are banned now. And it was so much fun. And it's, you know, it builds up your courage to be able to do that. And the girls feeding off of is such an exciting, you know, adventure when they're at camp or in a troop meeting. It builds their confidence and they're willing to do all the motions of Princess Pat. And so it's really exciting to to just have that all in my my repertoire. I mean, I I still put on my resume that I am an excellent song leader. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely an important skill and a a big part of Girl Scouting is (laughs) doing those silly songs and actions with your friends. And then, I mean, it just, it gives all the girls that are involved that it's such a safe environment to be open and honest and to learn about the way the world works and relationships with one another and how they should be and building that that sense of who you are that's what Girl Scouting still does for the girls that are involved. So one way that I'm really proud that Hidden Harvest actually directly works with Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan is that we provide snacks for the sponsored troops here in our community that the girls, they can't afford membership dues, they can't afford their uniforms, And no, someone's not going to show up to a meeting with a platter of cookies like my Mm -hmm. mom would have done as my troop leader. Right. And so we can provide some snacks for those troops. But it goes even further than that because Girl Scouts actually donates to us. They donate Girl Scout cookies. Mm. And so we can share those with the food pantries that are our partners. So it's a give-and-take relationship. Absolutely. And... It's so wonderful that in my work at Hidden Harvest, I can support Girl Scouts and that I know Girl Scouts still benefits me, not just, you know, because they're giving us some wonderful cookies, but because they've instilled those values in my life. 
Samantha, I just want to say thank you so much for talking with me today and for sharing your perspective on how Girl Scouts has influenced you and um, just your experiences as a, a president and CEO. I think it's so powerful, the message that you have to share and the way that you speak about your values and you know all of our abilities to change the world wherever we are. So I want to thank you. Thank you, Brenna, for inviting me to talk about my experience. I mean, it's, it's wonderful to have the opportunity to do some introspection and really think about how Girl Scouts has changed me as a person mm-hmm. and led me to the point where I am now. And it's truly an honor to, to serve the community in this, in this capacity and to kind of live by the Girl Scout law. Absolutely. You embody the Girl Scout law. Thank you. I know my mother and my grandmother would both be very proud of that. I'm sure that they would be. Thank you again. I won't, I won't keep you too much longer because we're recording this podcast the week before Thanksgiving, so <laughs> we know that it's um, the, the busy time of year for, for Hidden Harvest, so I won't keep you too much longer. But I do just want to say thank you because... Your story is, you know, it's inspiring, and it shows the power of Girl Scouting. So I really, really appreciate it. Yes, I am definitely thankful for Scouting and uh, all that I get to do here at Hidden Harvest to, I mean, next week we get to move 300 turkeys and help distribute them out to some families in need, along with, I think, corn and potatoes. So really working for giving those families a wonderful experience for Thanksgiving and just the opportunity to be thankful. That's just incredible that you are able to to spread the joy of the holidays in that way. How powerful. Well, that just about wraps up our podcast for today. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in today to our episode. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, please be sure to do so. You can do that by clicking that beautiful subscribe button that you see. Um, And then make sure to share this episode far and wide so that we can share the power of Girl Scouting and also the power of the Hidden Harvest Food Bank in Saginaw, which, as we can tell from this episode, it's such an important and powerful and impactful organization right here in Michigan. So help us spread the word, share the podcast. Um, I want to thank you again for joining us. My name is Brenna Smith, and until our next adventure, be bold, be brave, and leave each place a whole lot better than you found it. change the world.